you got to really love it. And I think that's kind of what helped motivated me is I really loved it. I wanted to do it. And, you know, that kind of helped me through the discouraging times when things were slow or when, you know, you, you maybe uh, didn't get the job that you were looking for. But Today, I'm talking to Brent Clark about his career in aviation and his beautiful photography. But Brent, it's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you. I'm glad to see you can also be with the technology, have a bit of problems because I always think if you guys can fly planes, you can do everything. <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> got all kinds of microphones here that none of them, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I saw your beautiful photography on Instagram and, and I also see you're a pilot. So this is why I wanted to talk to you and also about your career in aviation. So um, can we start there? And, and can you tell me what was initially the the love for aviation that made you want to become a pilot? You bet. Um, <clears throat> I grew up around airplanes. Uh, my uncle, I think uh, my first plane ride, I was probably five years old, maybe. He had, owned a, a Super Cub. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, when I had my first ride, of course, I was hooked. And I would spend time, you know, uh, at the hangar with him around the airplane. So I've always wanted to be a pilot since I was little. Um, <clears throat> I got into, uh, in, uh, I guess, are you in the United Kingdom or, or where, whereabouts I'm are you? I'm in Vienna. In oh, in Vienna. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, well, in the United States, uh, in the high schools here, they have like programs you uh, could take, like uh, courses that would prepare you for your private pilot's license. So I did that in high school. And then uh, I started uh, actively kind of when I could first get a job that would pay for my flying lessons. So I think I was uh, probably 19, 20 and uh, worked on my different uh, licenses and uh, progressed up through to where I, uh, I guess my first job would be flight instructing. And I did that uh, oh, for but, maybe a thousand hours. Yeah, but just to come back to the fact that you could do something like that during your time in school, so you could um, sort of uh, ex well see if it's if it's something that you would like to do. Although you said you you always wanted to become a pilot, but you got that background then, or or some sort of background then to to what the career would be like. Yeah, and uh, for me it was kind of a different, uh, you know. Uh, career compared to I have a son that's actually uh, working on his ratings and you know the uh, I think the career path and, and the career will be a lot different than when I went through this was back in the um, uh, late 70s early 80s I retire here from the airlines in uh, later this year so uh, the United States well I think it's uh, that uh, policy everywhere that when you're 65 you have to have a mandatory retirement uh, I know they're trying to change that here in the States, but anyway, that uh, uh, is where I'm at as far as, uh, you know, finishing my career. But uh, correct, yeah, the, uh, that was a good thing to have in high school. I uh, kind of talked about uh, uh, inter an introduction to aviation and uh, what's involved. Um, and then through that, you, you got to meet people, other pilots that could uh, kind of explain how their career paths uh, took place. And so, uh, like I say, basically, uh, uh, for me, it was like uh, getting all my ratings. And then uh, I flight instructed, taught people to fly for 
uh, a year or so, and that got me the experience and the amount of time that I needed to get the first real flying job. And that was flying uh, kind of a, a what they call a 135 operation in a, in a Piper Navajo. I would fly some college professors uh, in Utah out to little communities. Uh, Moab was one of them. Maybe you're familiar with that. It's uh, where Arches National Park is, but they had some uh, college extension uh, classes that they would teach. And so I did that to build uh, a lot of my multi-engine time. And then later I got a job flying a, uh, a jet for a company. And then from there, I progressed into uh, working for uh, a regional airline and uh, and then, but, uh yeah but now from from where you start where you trained to where you to this this path that you have in your career this is what uh -huh. i ask all the pilots so you have to really be dedicated because you have to acquire all these hours and um and i always ask the the, the pilots how do you keep motivated because it's it's yeah. a long <laughs> it's a long <laughs> time and it's many hours that you have to do it is. It's, uh, and I think that's uh, kind of a weeding out process. I know a lot of people after, uh, like you say, it's uh, you got to really love it. And I think that's kind of what helped motivated me is I really loved it. I wanted to do it. And, you know, that kind of helped me through the discouraging times when things were slow or when, you know, you, you maybe uh, didn't get the job that you were looking for. But, um, yeah, especially today, I think uh, – on average, you're probably looking at anywhere from uh, 80 to 100, 110,000 US dollars to probably get the, the basic licenses you need to qualify to start building time and then later uh, get on with a, you know, your first flying job. The good thing in today's uh, airline world is that uh, pilots can get, because of the shortage, can get hired a lot quicker and okay. with a lot less experience than, than my generation <laughs> but, but you have uh, to have yeah you know, it's quite an expensive training so you have to have some sort of backup you have to have um yeah somebody to sponsor you or other rather um or, or have a family that's wealthy that can sponsor you but it's not uh, just a training it's it's all these expenses with it that's true uh i worked uh three jobs <laughs> to pay for it. Uh, I also got a college degree you know, during that time. Nowadays, uh, a lot of the airlines, at least in the United States, they've kind of lifted their requirement for college require, you know, to have a college degree. I think it's a probably a great idea to, to have that. And, and, and like you mentioned, to have something maybe to fall back on. Um, that's kind of the, uh, the, threat i guess that you have as an airline pilot that sometime if you uh, were to lose your medical or something like that that would prohibit you from flying then you know it's good to have something to, uh, to go back to that you could you know uh, earn a living on but yeah uh, there, there's a uh, i think at least they're starting to with the pilot shortage realize that they need to kind of help uh, new pilots financially with uh, the way with means to be able to afford all the training. And I know that uh, like for my son, there's a, uh, a student loan uh, that they kind of offer that uh, if you go through a uh, uh, accredited or a, a formal flight school or something that uh, they will loan you the money. And then once you uh, 
you know, finish your ratings and you have to start paying it back. But <laughs> yeah. But now in this time, well, it's also a pilot told me that it's one of the careers where you get most uh, tested uh, on, or, you know, you, you every six months uh, you have to be tested and after, well, if you want to progress to another level, you have to be tested and, and have to be trained as well. So and uh, that's also something in your career that's not found in many careers. Yeah, that's true. I think I read somewhere that a pilot during his career is probably, is probably takes more tests and evaluations than uh, most other careers. And, and you're correct. It's like every time, uh, you know, each license has its, uh, uh, you would have probably an oral exam and then a, uh, uh, maybe a written exam. You would have the written exam, an oral exam, and then the flight exam. And then, uh, as you mentioned, every for an airline pilot, uh, it used to be every six months you would have to go through an evaluation through a, uh, typically with a simulator, and that would involve uh, like a three-day process where uh, one day of kind of recurrent ground school, and then you would uh, have a two days of evaluation. They would have an oral exam and then uh, a flight exam. They uh, kind of the airlines of lifted that's where we uh, only have to do that once a year now okay. at least so far until maybe they start seeing the need to go back to that but uh you do have every six months have to uh at least for a captain have to go through a physical exam and uh, that's kind of where it's uh you know you run the thread of if something's uh physically uh impairs you from keeping your uh, medical then you know you could be out of a job I, yeah. My son was just telling me that his flight instructor uh, is uh, kind of a second career for him, but he just recently, I, I, I don't know what his, uh, why he was uh, unable to keep his medical, but he lost his medical, which, you know, could be devastating for someone that, you know, spent that amount of money and time yeah. and wanting to, to get into it and then find out that uh, something's preventing you from doing that, you know, health-wise or yeah, I can just imagine because of all the hours and all the time spent uh, to go through the training and, and everything. And then when that's taken away, it must be devastating. But in America, I mean, these, this long, it's, it's long distances. With, it's, a, it's a very big country. Is it easier, do you think, there to be able to build up hours? Because there must be a lot of people flying. There must be a lot of... Um, uh, need for you know for for uh, aircraft to be available yeah i think especially nowadays uh, like you mentioned and plus with the shortage of pilots of course that opens up more opportunities because uh, people need pilots but there is a lot of different uh, jobs you can do i i did uh, a few different jobs to build time and um, i'm just talking with my son there uh you could get a, a job relatively with lower experience, like uh, doing a power line patrol or pipeline patrol. Uh, like I say, flight instructor is typically one that people do a lot of. Uh, people tow banners. People um, do uh, basic uh, VFR charters, things like that, around to build time. But and there's always uh, freight. There's a lot of uh, freight companies uh, that hire. Uh, lower time pilots to fly, fly uh, their freight operations. But now, what what types of um, planes do you fly? 
Do you own a, do you own your own plane? I don't at the present. Um, I've considered doing that, uh, you know, because I'd like to continue to fly after I yeah. retire. So <laughs> um, I've contemplated doing that. But then there's that, uh, the expense of, uh, you know, the ownership of having a hangar space is actually, uh, at least where I'm at here, is, is hard to find. And then, the, you know, you, of course, you have your maintenance expenses and your insurance and things like that. But uh Kind of thought that would be a good way, maybe also for my son to build some time, and uh, yeah. we could maybe do that together. But uh, so you I've you still want to continue flying? Yeah, it's a like you say, it's a it's a love, definite love. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but now your um your photography is so beautiful. Well, uh, thank you. Really, uh, uh, where did you start? Why did you start doing that as well? It's really uh, two two art forms that you are doing. Well, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I kind of fell into that too. I, uh, you know, didn't even really have a, what you would, I guess, call a nice camera until maybe uh, 11 years ago. <laughs> and uh, my uh, brother lived in uh, Dubai and we were going over there for uh, Christmas and I wanted to have a little better camera. You know, I just had the basic camera at that time. And uh, so I went to, and bought one of these kits that has like the uh, camera with a couple of lenses to use and uh, kind of had fun with that. Uh, a couple of people noticed a few pictures that I'd taken. Uh, I guess the aviation side of it, I'd taken some pictures. Uh, a friend uh, was flying a TBM Avenger, which is a World War II uh, torpedo bomber that he had up at the air show. Uh, took some pictures of that. Uh, people said, "Oh, that's pretty good. You got to send that into Aviation Week and Space Technology. They have a, you know, a uh, annual photography contest." So I sent that in, uh, and they ended up putting it on the cover. And then from there, right. things just kind of blossomed. And uh, you know, people said, "Well, hey, we, uh, we're doing this. Would you like to come with us and, you know, shoot this air show or do this?" <laughs> But I see, I see some of the pictures you have there. You, you must be in one plane photographing another plane. Is yeah, is there, there photography, and uh, I was lucky that uh, Scott Slocum, who's one of the best in the business, uh, actually has uh, uh, seminars or a training course that you can go, and uh, he teaches uh, the basics of you know doing the air-to-air -air photography and. Paul Bowen, who's one of the also the best uh, air to air photographies, I guess Scott kind of learned from him. And then Scott's kind of been passing that on to other uh, photographers. But uh, every summer he has uh, different, uh, like I say, uh, opportunities that he sets up to where you can go to different air shows and shoot different, uh, particularly uh, uh, warbirds or kind of what uh, the World War II warbirds and classic airplanes is what he likes to photograph. And so, I did some of that with him and, and that, uh, you know, people have seen that and it's opened up some possibilities for me there, but something I hope to continue on after retirement to, you know, to Yeah, help. I saw the, yeah, I saw these warbirds war um, that you photographed so beautifully. Um, yeah, it's wonderfully done. Oh, so do you. you have an interest in, in the old, the historical aircraft? I, I do mean, flying yeah. them and, and so. I do. I've had the opportunity to fly a few. Um, uh, you know, they're getting so prohibitively expensive to fly, and plus the uh, 
you know, they're actually historical artifacts, I guess. And, uh, you know, if you were to damage one or lose one, you know, not only just the loss of the airplane, but kind of a little bit of history is lost. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it gets quite expensive to, to to own and fly something like that. I think uh, like a P-51 Mustang, a good one anymore is probably, you know, two to three million. And I know they offer rides in those airplanes. It's typically like a couple thousand dollars for a 20 minute ride. So just the operating expense is something like that. But yeah, I've uh, always loved World War II airplanes. I had a relative that uh, flew, was a naval aviator during the war. And, um, and some other friends that uh, actually uh, the individual that married my wife and I was a, a P-51 ace in, in World War II. So I've always had a love for World War II aviation. And But do you think it's important for also young uh, pilots to fly these old planes? I do. And actually, I, I uh, just went to a retirement party for a friend of mine and the uh, I met another or another pilot I knew that was there that flies warbirds uh, for the uh, uh, commemorative Air Force in uh, the United States, which is an organization that's uh, dedicated to preserving and and uh, flying World War II airplanes. That he does some uh, flying for them, but I guess the uh, that's a problem they're having now is finding pilots that uh, have the interest uh, to fly, and you know the next uh, I guess generation to able to take over and, and uh, fly these airplanes so that people can enjoy them at air shows and things like that so i know my son loves that he's since he was little he's we've been going to air shows and uh, air races in reno and different things like that that mm-hmm. so uh, he has a, a interest and love of uh, the warbird like i do well, I spoke to a pilot once who mentioned that if you fly different planes and uh, you bring something from the one to to the other, the skill, uh, is that do you find that as well? Yeah, um, yeah, particularly like where uh, the the warbirds, you know, I guess the the military typically back in World War II would start out in uh, I think the Stearman. Uh, was like the primary trainer and that uh, my uncle actually owned a couple of Stearmans and then they would progress from that into uh, you know uh, well, I'm trying to think of the intermediate airplane but then a T6 Texan and then into the the Mustang or the P47 or P39 or whatever you'd be flying but, uh, that uh, yeah I think that the progression the skills that you learn and uh, uh, I've had the uh, you know, a few friends killed in, in warbirds because uh, they can be demanding to fly and and uh, require a you know a unique skill set in order to be safe in them. So, mm. but now, Brent, um, what would your advice now be for a young um, pilot who or a, a young person who wants to become a pilot, girl or a boy? Uh, what would be now in these times uh, be the the advice for them to do? I would say uh, if you have a love for aviation, there's never been a better time to to get into this uh, career. Uh, like I say, there's a shortage of pilots. Uh, actually, a lot of the airlines uh, have planes that are parked, and they've had to reduce their schedules because of uh, you know they don't have enough staffing, enough pilots to fly it. So the demand for pilots has been the highest it's ever been. So if, uh, it's a great time to get in as a career. And as I mentioned before, I mean, it, it uh, 
can be expensive and at times you know that uh, it's uh, you have to really have a desire to do it because it can you know get a little discouraging at times because of the long process you know it's uh, takes a couple of years by the you know to fully get through all the training and build the hours to get it but it's a, a very uh, a great career especially now I think uh, where pretty much a, a young person could pretty much pick any uh, field of aviation that they would like to go into if they want to fly for the airlines there's uh, you know tremendous opportunities there if you want to fly corporate they need pilots if you're interested in flying freight or if you like to uh, you know helicopters uh, in the military even has a shortage of pilots so uh, it's a great time to get in uh, but uh, as it always has been you know you, you have to have the I think the love and the desire to, to do it because uh, it, it, like I say, the, the expense and the uh, uh, amount of uh, effort that you have to put into it demands that you kind of, you know, keep motivated. <laughs> yeah. And that can be tough to do at times, you know, when things are. Yeah. But, but uh, do, you, do you think, do you think anybody can fly? Do you think it's, uh, or do you think you have to be, they, you have to have some sort of uh, talent to fly? be able to fly uh, you know i i think you do have to have uh, some amount of uh, i mean there's always that saying you can teach anybody to fly and and uh there's there's a few cases when i i you know was instructing people and teaching people there's a few that just didn't have the aptitude for it i think most people if um, they have the desire to do it um you know they can be trained to do it and get good training and and uh, develop the skills um there is cases where people just you know don't have maybe the aptitude to do it but um it's like we used to we say in the airline industry it's um we would prefer to hire somebody that uh, you can get along with in a cockpit and that maybe their skills maybe are a little less because you can always train somebody and get them up to speed generally but you can't change somebody's you know uh, personality yeah. or <laughs> yeah no that's true but now, what are the wishes still for you for the future? What's going uh, to happen now after you retire? You mean for me or for the industry? Yeah, for, you. <laughs> for you. Um, I, I will plan uh, uh, you know, to move to a warmer climate. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm in cold climate. So, um, mm -hmm. And that, I think, you know, offers more opportunities also to fly. And then I'd like to continue with the photography, of course. And, and uh, I do some landscape photography to, as well as the aviation photography. So uh, I'd like to, you know, continue to do that. And I'll still fly, hopefully. And then, you know, still actively go to air shows. And <laughs> So aviation is in your blood. It is. Yeah, I would... And your wife, does she also enjoy doing this with you? Yeah. Uh, actually, her mother was a flight attendant. So I think oh, that was okay. uh, that was valuable because uh, she yeah. kind of understood the industry and what was involved as far as like uh, uh, initially. That's kind of one of the drawbacks, I think, for maybe airline flying is that uh, uh, first off, it could be a little discouraging because you're going to be flying probably the long hours. Uh, you're going to be working holidays. You're going to be, uh, it'll be 
a while before you get seniority enough to start getting the better trips, the, the better days off and things like that. So especially when you're married, you have, it's good. You know, if your spouse understands that, uh, you know, you won't maybe be there for all of the uh, holidays or birthdays and things like that. It's, it's a, a great asset. <laughs> yeah. But um, Brent, it was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing all this and your, your story with me. And no um, yeah, I'm, I'm continue to follow you on Instagram, see your lovely pictures and see what you'll be doing. Um, in the future and um yeah whenever you come to vienna please let me know i would well, love to you. meet you and your wife in person well also i appreciate the opportunity to uh do that i actually i had the opportunity uh one of the airplanes i trained in i was in germany for a couple of months it was awesome and we really would, on weekends go to you know tour different countries and things so yeah well <laughs> so so it's time to come to austria now <laughs> yeah, I've been there briefly. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. Okay, so have a lovely day, Brent. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.